0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the main event. You're back with me, Daniel, but not Aaron this time. Unfortunately, Aaron's got some one-off training to do, so he can't be here today. But I am joined by Nathan again. Nathan, how are you doing, mate? I'm good. Uh, you've upgraded. Definitely. Aaron's gone now. He's out of the picture. <laughs> He's being replaced full-time officially by you. Nathan, did you enjoy the football that was on uh, midweek there, Tuesday, Wednesday?
1: I did, yeah, apart from missus complaining constantly that all I was watching was football.
0: Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, that's going to happen sometimes unless you find someone that also likes the football. I'm quite lucky. I've just got the um, the BT stuff on my phone so I can listen with one ear yeah, and just watch down on my phone. But, oh, yeah, <laughs> the chase is on, lovely. Yeah, it's C. And just sort of try and blend into the background, quietly cheering as uh, De Kettler, C- Bagsy's winner. Say I'm taking
1: over CBBs, so I've got a one-year-old that's kicking off when I'm watching the football.
0: Never mind, mate. Never mind. Uh, Let's uh, go through how our teams did. So for the benefit of people that haven't listened to us before or have only just recently started listening through our group previews, what we tend to do is at the beginning of the podcast, after we've actually had some football to analyse, we'll go through our teams, the points, our rankings, and sort of just say generally how we feel. And we're also going to go through, because this is the first one, our choices So why we picked the team that we did. It's just me and Nathan today, so it won't go on too long as if you know, Cameron and Aaron were here. Nathan, do you want to fire away first? How did you do?
1: Surprisingly well, actually. I just picked my team, like a few suggestions off you, but most of it was just personal choices. And I came out with 85 points.
0: Really good score that I'm sure last year during my my good finish, The my first game week was 83, 84 points, something like that. So anyone that's in that ballpark is got off to an absolute flyer. Well done. I think uh, in terms of points relation to FPL, because a lot of people play FPL, obviously, about 7 million yeah. people. <laughs> I generally think 55 points in FPL equates to around 70 points in this game, where it's like, okay i'm happy with that like if you got if you got 60 points every week in fpl never any higher never any lower you'd have a great finish so if you can get 70 75 plus every week in this game it's it's absolutely brilliant you don't need to worry about people getting massive scores because invariably if someone gets a massive score sometimes things have happened that aren't sustainable in those scores it's great we're always going to celebrate it but it's not too much to worry about because the players that have hit just might not. So it's all just about balance. It's nothing to worry about. So it's a really, really good score that. Who were your big hitters?
1: Messi was my biggest hitter, but I had him as captain. Uh, Ansu Fati, Kimmich, and Gomez, really. And Hattabo.
0: Alejandro Gomez,
1: yeah, not Joe Gomez. Yeah, Alejandro Gomez. I missed out. He on the Joe was a Gomez. big hitter
0: this week, Joe Gomez, surprisingly. <laughs> so where, where are your ranks, Nathan? What are your ranks? I'm
1: 18th in our league. Uh, I was somehow 16th yesterday, but then I've been knocked down to 18th today. Globally, I'm 12,500, and in England, I'm 168th.
0: That's so good! Really, really good
1: start. Proud of you, mate! So much better than last year. <laughs> really is actually. I think I got 30 in the in the first week last year, and it's, I'd used up all my transfers.
0: I was going to say it's almost like you um, like you're following the rules of the game this year. Not entirely, though, because yeah. you do have one issue with De Ketteler sat on your bench at third sub. So this is just the perfect example for everyone listening of why it doesn't matter what the value of the player is. If they play on a Tuesday, start them. Make sure all your Wednesday players are on your bench and give yourself a really good headache to have where if someone does get five, six, seven, eight points, I sound like steps there, You can have that headache to, do I take them out? Do I not take them out? And you can make decisions from a position of strength, not sit there going, ah, eight points on my bench. And a few people have done it. I've seen a few teams with some, some people on the bench that have scored big and, you know, questions, because Akemi got COVID, should I allow the auto subs to work? Just don't put yourself in that position. If they play on a Tuesday, do it. Obviously, if you have 12 players that play on a Tuesday, or 11 outfield players that play on a Tuesday. You can't do that, but that's also part of your team management. You shouldn't be having 11 players that play one game week, really. Uh, You want to be balancing because next week, you're only going to be having three players, unless obviously your two transfers are for Tuesday players. So it's just something to learn from. It's a mistake that I think a lot of people make. But they're they're the big differences. A points, Nathan, would put you in that ninety-point bracket.
1: Oh, well, not just that. I had I had Barrios on the bench as well, and he got more points than Olmo. So I would have been a bit higher there as well.
0: Yeah. That that's one of those things where obviously you can make decisions and they might go for against you. But I just think if you play everyone that's on a Tuesday and make sure you're not playing anyone that's on a Wednesday, then you've got that decision. And also, like you say, Barrios gets one point extra than Almo. You might think in a normal game, yeah, Almo's got a better chance than Barrios, but you know that information. So when you take one of them out to put Gomez in, you know to take out your four-pointer, not your five-pointer. Yeah. And one point is big in this game, like for, for your final finish. Oh, yeah.
1: are... I mean, you you and Aaron were so close
0: last year. So it's it's crazy. Every point matters. For my team, uh Anyone that follows us on Twitter was spoiled by it, but I didn't. I, I'm not one of those people that's going to humble brag. And I also appreciate the fact that it is just one game week. So I'm not getting carried away with myself, but I am really chuffed at the same time. I got 108 points, which puts me at 50th in the world and number two in England. Gratefully, top of all my groups. Uh, including the Fantasy Football Scouts. So I might uh, DM them for a little shout-out.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll see. I Get in there. Look, I'm set top.
0: Neil from Fantasy Football Scouter you might empathise with our plight. So- you, might. you might, yeah. <laughs> but if I just go through my team, I just want to talk a little bit about it and how lucky I got and how this game is a combination of preparation and luck. Uh, just with some of these decisions. So first of all, I wasn't going to go with Angelino, but I I did have him. So my team, actually, I'll go through the points that I did get because everyone hit. Bonu and goal, seven. Angelino, 19. Kimmick 10. Hattaboa, seven. De Ketelet, eight. Fatih, 11. Vorma, six. Barrios, five. Messi, 22 as captain. Gomez, seven. Haaland, six. One point on my bench from my outfield players and my other goalkeeper hit seven as well, so lovely bench there. Yeah, I got incredibly lucky, so I wasn't going Angelino. I was going with Ramos, and I wasn't going with Hakimi, who ended up getting covered anyway. I was going with Baka, so the decisions to change those players came on Tuesday. Myself, you, Cameron, Aaron were all chatting away, and. I discussed Klosterman, so Aaron had a bit of a dilemma where he wanted Dortmund coverage because they had kept a good amount of clean sheets this year. He wanted Sevilla coverage and he wanted Leipzig coverage, and he was like, "Do I do this or do I do that?" It's a bit like um, for FPL players, it's a bit like do I go Ryan and Kyle Walker Peters or McCarthy in a Brighton defender? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, how do you organize that? So I was playing around with his team and I'm a big believer in people have a bandwidth within their brain of how much information they can sort of look at at once. And the great thing about me and Aaron is we think in the same way when it comes to this sort of game as people, we are the complete two opposite people, but for this game and for FPL, we'll have very similar ways of thinking, but, like I say, that bandwidth within our brain can only stretch so far. So I've been locked in on on Klosterman as that Leipzig player because you can't get an attacking threat and you get ball recoveries. I saw that he was injured. And I, and then as soon as the word Angelino was mentioned, it was one of their moments where I slapped myself on the forehead. It was like, what? how have you not thought of this? So whacked him mm. straight in for backer. Because, as well, Kutawa is back. And I was like, yeah, back. I might play the first game. I wanted him for the next... I want him for the Istanbul game, really. Mm -hmm. But Kutawa might play then. So I'm not happy with that at all. I'm not happy with that situation. And yeah, then obviously Ramos was confirmed not to be in the squad. So I threw Hakimi in and that didn't (laughs) quite work out. But I've got Hakimi next week. And uh, for the next game, if he plays, I can bring him out. There's lots of options there. I'm not too bothered by it. The next bit of luck, was um, Diata, De Di Ketelaer, and Vorma, which two of the three to go for. I had Vorma and Diata in because I didn't think De Di would start based on the predictions from the UEFA website and stuff. But I did the smart thing, held out until the teams were released, saw so De Ketelaer, saw so Diata, and saw so Vorma, and just made... Made a decision there and then, and I went with my gut, and that was it. Got incredibly fortunate that Voma got the assist, and it was De Quetelaire that scored. De Kettler was was in because of his 4.5 million price tag. I knew that. This was between Voma and Diata. I got lucky with it. Uh, and everyone else would sort of discussed on the previous podcast. So I'm not going to go through why I picked them. I thought they were pretty obvious choices. But yeah, a little bit of preparation, looking... To pick your pool of players and then a whole lot of luck. And I can't really put it down to anything more than that. Uh like I say, I'm sure the walls will come crashing down next week when Cameron, <laughs> none of these hits. Cameron
1: Cameron flies past to Alexander Soloff hatrick.
0: Exactly. Soloff's in. He's coming. No, he's, Back, baby. he's took he's actually took Soloff out, his team by luck. Yeah, he said he said he had, which is disappointing that he took him out. <laughs> it was uh, just I think everyone probably is a little interested in how, <laughs> how Cameron's <laughs> renegade team wins. Let me see if uh, I can find it here because he did. It it. He did all right, Cameron. Though he done good. I've got. I've got it here. He got sixty-three points. Yep. Captain Lewandowski, which was bad. Daka got an assist. Kept Sam Lamas in his team for, for a donut.
1: We did. We did say he's not going to play. <laughs>
0: He got incredibly fortunate with Bruno Fernandes missing and then scoring. Jorginho, four points. I can appreciate the punt. Chaparenko, yeah. a player that I've never heard of, with three points.
1: That'll be off a uh, football manager,
0: that. Stuck to his guts on Bonucci. Uh, yeah. Nine points on him. Rafael, missed a one point man playing in centre midfield for Istanbul. Uh, he kept Galaxy as well. So he did really well. Cameron was unlucky that Hakimi and Ganabri. Both tested positive for COVID, but 63 points isn't bad at all. Considering uh, how
1: badly we mocked his team when it first was read when, out.
0: Yeah, when Cameron is likely to finish bottom. Well done, mate. Congratulations. And uh, my compatriot who isn't here, uh, Aaron, got 88 points. Captain Alejandro Gomez did really well. And he was happy that uh, he managed to keep the pace with everyone, considering he didn't have Messi but Sterling managed to get a penalty, uh, so that was good for him. He had Angelino, he went with Angelino, so his 19-pointer worked for me, which is why I like hanging around with him. <laughs> so thanks, Aaron. <laughs> thanks for making me look better than I am. Really appreciate it.
1: Sometimes I just err on the way of caution when Aaron like hypes up a player, because we all know how it goes. Yeah.
0: He's unlucky with Munye. He got Munye four points, and Munye missed a sitter, which we'll talk about. Yeah. But let's, um, let's talk about the group. So, boiler warning for everyone. This is actually the second time we've recorded this podcast. We recorded this last night. So, it's currently Friday afternoon. I'm on my lunch break from work. But last night we recorded this. I'm on in- my lunch break from my child. From your child. Your children are asleep. <laughs> you know, a couple of shots of whiskey, did you name? Know? Whoa. Oh, it's tempting. Ah, my dad used to do it to me. I'm sure that, that was a long time ago, though. I think the laws...
1: <laughs> the laws have
0: definitely changed. Yeah. Never affected me. Um, <laughs> the classic line. Yeah, last night we recorded this. It was two and a half hours long. And in the words of Sir Hubris Wizzy, it was just absolute fraudulence, really, because we were talking about stuff that we hadn't really seen. So yeah. we're going to go through, we're going to try and do a condensed sort of recap of each group. If we watched a game, we will talk about it in more depth because I think that's absolutely fair. But I'm not willing to sit here and bore the life out of everyone with my commentary on a one-and-a-half, two-minute YouTube highlights clip. It's go watch it yourself. <laughs> Be quicker than me talking about it. So let's just jump straight in with group A. First of all, did you watch either of these games? We've got Bayern Munich 4-0 versus Atletico Madrid, Lokomotiv Moscow 2-2 with Salzburg. Did you watch any of it? Bayern. Uh, I watched the majority of the Bayern game. Fantastic. And I watched the first half of Lokomotiv Moscow versus Salzburg, and uh, I, I managed to uh, sort of flick on and off of the Bayern game. So, first of all, Bayern Munich versus Atleti. What did you make of it, Nathan? Real quick.
1: Bayern, start, Bayern started off a bit shaky, and... Carrasco looked like he was going to cause trouble in that first half, but missing they were obviously missing Diego Costa, who could have got on most at the end of them balls. But then Bayern just shot the class. Kingsley Coleman could be this season's Nabry. Uh two goal, two goals and an assist. Kimmich, again, world class, a world class pass, world class tackle. Um and Toulouse scores a screamer.
0: Well recapped. Yeah, um Bayern, a little shaky at first. Then you're absolutely right. Showed their class. We mentioned it previously. Atletico Madrid are going to struggle when Costa doesn't play. Felix and Suarez are forced to play up front together. They don't really gel well as a partnership, even though they are the two best players out of the three. They don't combine as well without Costa. Costa does a lot of other things. That is something that was highlighted in the previews. And it's something that I think really came to light. Suarez and Felix. Were fairly lazy throughout the game. Felix and Lucky not to get the goal, but it was ruled out correctly, in my opinion. The keeper's view was definitely blocked. Nothing to do with me having Kimmich in my team, I swear. Um, that being said, Joshua Kimmich is absolutely wonderful. The tackle, the ball just had jam on it straight and beautiful. Oh man, and then such a composed touch and finish. Then Kingsley Coleman who at the death, making Atletico Madrid one of the best defences in the world. And I appreciate they were a bit high, but they did manage to get back to to defend. He made those defenders look like 13-year-olds on a playground.
1: He just danced through them with
0: ease. Oh, it was sensational to watch. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. And then the finish, and that's the thing we'll see so many times, great bit of skill, and then no composure with the finish. Mm-hmm. Both finishes were super composed, and I suppose anything is now once you've scored the winning goal in a Champions League final. And I couldn't. Yeah, I think he's this season's uh, Nabri, so that is one million percent a want to watch. Eight million euros midfield, sixteen points, two goals, and an assist. Not a transfer I've already done at all. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Spoiler, Nathan's an idiot. Uh, only to the Did, they already knew that, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> then looking at the Atlético, like I said, nothing really coming out of them. It was a fairly abject performance once that first goal had went in. Uh, exactly.
1: Up until that point, the only positive was actually Carrasco. Apart from that, I couldn't take a positive from them.
0: Yeah, he gets up and down really well. First half in particular, he's generally a lot more lively than coming into the second half, usually tires a lot which is a little mm-hmm. concerning. It's not his fault. He just does so much work. Whereas the right side midfielder tends to tuck in for him to make those runs. He's still got to get up and down. I think Bayern are looking really tasty for the rest of these fixtures. Plown anyone you like. Unlucky if you are a Lewandowski or Nani blanked. However... It's one of those things where the logic is, he's playing against one of the best defences, so don't do it. So you might feel vindicated for not having him in. But that logic also turned out to be incorrect because they conceded four goals. But one thing I noticed about Lewandowski in the first half, he was, when the ball was in the box, he was sometimes like a right winger sort of thing. It was like sort of yeah, in like was, that like, position. He was,
1: he was pulling out quite a few times. That he wasn't, normally you, when you see Lewandowski, he's in the middle, that's it.
0: Yeah, I wasn't. It I wasn't won't. happy with that. I'll not be going for him next game either. We'll just see what happens. The next game, Lokomotiv Moscow versus Salzburg. Really surprising game that Lokomotiv did go ahead. Eder, hero from the uh, from the Euros final a few years ago against France. Good header. Salzburg just weren't gelling in the first half. It was the Sabaslai show, really. He got his goal from outside the box. So that was something that was keen. Like I was keen to watch him play because that was a player that would highlight it. Daka disappointed, in my opinion. He missed a great chance at the end. He looked he looked sharper in the second half. And I thought, as a team, they gelled so much better in the second half. Yeah. The surprising thing in that game, though if we look from a Salzburg perspective, is that two budget players really showed that they could be assets in this game. Mm-hmm. So Max Warber, four and a half million as a defender, got seven points despite conceding two goals because he got 18 ball recoveries. Wow. 18 ball. <laughs> That's six points. So he got a goal's worth of ball recoveries. Yeah, it is to him. And that can... That can surely only go up against Bayern Munich when they play them, but maybe not so much against Atleti. I don't know. And Jouzanovic, uh, 5.5 million, 13 points for a goal and assist and seven ball recoveries. So if you do want to go in to Salzburg without, you know, spending a lot of budget, a couple of players there that proved in this game that they are more than capable of getting points. Like I say, a war by four and a half million for a defender, 18 ball recoveries. That's, I don't know how sustainable that. that is, but that was unbelievable. Especially against Lokomotiv Moscow. I don't get it. <laughs> What's he gonna do in the other games? Exactly. Dimitri... oh here we go. Bless my soul for trying to say this. Jivogliadov. Dimitri, Jivo four and a half million, seven points as well, because he got an assist and nine ball recoveries. So the wow. We've said it before, there are going to be players from these teams that you're going to want to look at from your budget perspective. I don't really like budget players from the bigger teams. I like budget players from the slightly smaller ones that just catch you completely off guard. It was a fun game, the locomotive Moscow-Salzburg, from when I was watching. It was fairly end-to-end, but there was a real lack of quality in the final third from both teams. Uh, Locomotive lucky to get a draw in the end probably Salzburg really turned it on in the second half. But again, quality was an issue. And I don't think you're going to get that many chances against the other two teams in this group. You can't just be throwing them away. I wouldn't be going in on their big players like Daka or Sabaslai, really. Maybe Sabaslai, but at seven and a half million, cost a bit.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, someone, I did see someone in our league does have Sabaslai in his midfield. And he was near the top.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he did really well. Sabaslai got, like I say, got his goal outside the box. So he got some points and would targeted him in the preview show as well. Mm-hmm. It's just about, it's fine getting him in for, if you've got him in, you keep him for sure. But I think if you don't have him, there's other priorities elsewhere. Yeah. Group B, Inter 2, Gladback 2, Real Madrid 2, Shakhtar 3. My impression of the Inter Gladback game was, it was just really scrappy.
1: The last goal, I think, epitomised how scrappy the game
0: was. Yeah, both of Lukaku's goals were scrappy. Not to take anything Mm -hmm. away from him. Lukaku two goals, great if you've got him. And I like a striker that gets scrappy goals. It's just, it's obviously not that pleasing on the eye. One player that stood out is Ben Zabani. For Munching Gladbach, he's a five and a half million defender. He got nine points, and that's because he's the penalty taker. So he scored the penalty, and he got eight ball recovery. So if you got one more, a point on him though,
1: he's not that designated penalty taker. He only took it because the main penalty taker was injured.
0: Well, there you go then. I also think at five and a half million, there are better options. personally. very punty. If you if you went with them from the beginning, congratulations. But the, <laughs> I think. Inter will be better when Hakimi's back, not just because Hakimi's absolutely fantastic as a right-sided midfielder, even though he's class as a defender on the game. The positioning of Darmian in that game getting forward, he was an out-and-out right-winger, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I just think his final ball wasn't there. He's better defensively than Hakimi, because we've said before, Hakimi's not a very good right-back. But as a, an attacking player, he's absolutely wonderful. So... If he's the one in control of possession on, on that right-hand side in some of those situations, I think Inter would have scored more. Darmian's delivery just wasn't fantastic. So that's one to watch out for. Obviously, Kimi's got to isolate for a couple of weeks and hopefully he's asymptomatic so he's not feeling poorly and he can train still. Other than that, the only other thing was the first instance in this game from Vidal, who, <laughs> who conceded a penalty, thought he'd got away with it, turned around, shouted at the attacker... And then the penalty was obviously given by VAR. How the
1: referee missed it in the first place, I still have no idea.
0: I'd expect nothing less from a man who spent most of his adult life with a Mohican. It was just, it was lovely to see just the tenacity and also him getting completely mugged off at the end of it. <laughs> we'll go on to Real Madrid Shakhtar because I think we both watched this game. I caught the second half and the highlights from the first half. Um, yeah, but,
1: I, I watched the I watched the first half and I was the in and out of the second half.
0: Let's just talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Well, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I was about to say, Mr. Hyde, Dr. Jekyll, there, and that is Tete. So he had an unbelievable first half, and then Marcelo
1: was in his back pocket for the first
0: half, he was fantastic. But the second half, he missed a sitter. He made a few wrong decisions pass wise. I don't know whether he was tired or overly confident, but he was just his decision making in the second half was not very good at all. However, let's not talk about that because when someone has the first half that that lad had against Real Madrid, I couldn't give a monkey's about your second half. First half, he was just an absolute sensation and a joy to watch. His vision, eyes in the back of his head, his execution. They thoroughly deserve to be 3-0 up. And I think that Real Madrid having the arrogance levels of Pep Guardiola last year to go, we don't have Ramos, he's injured, who is such a pivotal player in our defence. We're Mm -hmm. we're not going to play Tony Cruz; He has been injured, but he did come back for the previous game at the weekend and we're not going to play Karim Benzema, who all of the attack and play goes through, is crazy. And I know that the preparing for El Clasico and Shakhtar had 13 first-team players uh, out through COVID. But I still just think, play your strongest team, see how the game goes, and then if you go 2 or 3 nil up, you can bring them off at half-time. But allowing Shakhtar to go 3 nil up was absolute madness. Exactly, and I
1: think, like, it did show the full arrogance. Like, he doesn't... You can see from Zidane, he doesn't really look like Jovic. And he just played him as if, like, right, well, I'll just play him because I've got El score the weekend and he should be able to score against these.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: And that's what it looked like. just like, oh, it's Shakhtar. Oh, he should at least score against these. Oh, he hasn't scored.
0: Oops. Playing two left-backs. Yeah, I noticed that. Mendy and Marcelo. And it's just a case of... You've got Nacho on the bench who plays right-back. Just have a bit of respect. You can make... You have substitutions. And again, exactly. I appreciate you saving everyone for the El Clásico, but Messi played a full 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't really buy into that. But in general, I just thought the front line of Shakhtar all had a great game. Merez throughout the game, I thought was fantastic. He's pressing, his work rate, his energy. Not really a great fantasy asset in those senses. No. <laughs> But um in just in terms of respecting him as a player, I thought he was fantastic. Solomon pops up with a goal. And just to sort of give everyone a heads up, Tete, who got two goals and an assist, is a five million pound midfielder or five million euro midfielder.
1: Tell you who was good as well, though, for them and stood out a little bit to me was Marlos. Yeah. Marlos, he plays in the center, he was playing like a central defensive bro, And I thought he'd done really well as well. But at the same time, the Real Madrid backline was shocking. Militao and Varane can't play together. They were getting torn apart through the middle every time.
0: Yeah, Varane's own goal wasn't really his fault. No. He had to stick out a leg. If he doesn't, the striker's got a borderline and open goal. Mm-hmm. It's He's taken a risk. It came off his shin and it's bounced in. There's no For me, there's no blame in that particular moment to Varane. And you're no. right, I think Militao getting caught out a lot... The fullbacks getting caught out, but there was very little energy in the first half from the midfield. I thought Casemiro was exceptionally disappointing. Modric in the second half turned up a bit and his goal was world-class. We'll talk about the goal later because we are going to go through the um, the players of the week and the goals of the week as on the... Gaming app at the gaming hub, but yeah, Real Madrid in trouble, goal disallowed, which I was quite happy with because I saw quite a few people have Valverde in their team. So I was given a quiet little yes, he's offside. <laughs> um, right decision though, yeah, Nothing it was, it was questionable about it. And obviously, Vinicius looked sharp when he came on. I can't believe he didn't start. That was an odd one again, arrogance. Yeah, we'll move on to group C. We have. Porto losing 3-1 to Man City, unfortunate for them. And Olympiacos beating Marseille 1-0. So I watched the Porto Man City game because I was in a bar having chicken wings for 45 pence per wing at a minimum purchase of 10 wings. Shout out Shark Bar. Boom, boom. I love love old Sharky. So, yeah, I didn't have a choice with this one. I had to watch that on one screen and the Liverpool-Ix game on the other screen. So we'll talk about that one first, saying that we did watch it. What were your feelings on the game, Nathan?
1: I thought Porto were hard done to. Uh, I don't believe it was a 3-1 game. Uh, Porto looked solid. I think just the second goal, the heads just went. The first goal, brilliant goal by Porto.
0: Yeah, absolutely fantastic goal. Not really surprising given how poor Man City's defence are, but you can't take anything away from the player just running through like that. And it was a really, really good finish as well. Yeah, I think this was one of those weird games where Porto could have won 3-1 or lost 5-1. Yeah. 3-1 either way wasn't really the correct scoreline. <laughs> um, Porto started so quickly, which is a surprise because Man City have, this season started really quickly after 25, 30 minutes. They've then lost the pace, and that's when other teams have came out in the game. Exact reversal for this fixture. Porto started strong, deserved the goal, could have got a couple more, if we're being kind, but they could have.
1: I think and it's then, that um, proven point of take the game to City. Don't sit back. Don't let them get on the ball. Just take the game to them.
0: Absolutely. And Edison will give you a chance. Obviously, he's had that back yeah. pass, which was fine. There's nothing wrong with it. And then he's played a crazy ball to the edge of the 18-yard box straight to a Porto player. And we talked earlier about the importance of composure and that's exactly what this player didn't have. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I'm looking for in assets, composure, which is why when a player shows it, I I take more notice. With this lad, obviously he's blazed, it was nowhere near the goal. It's like... this Corona?
1: Because if we're just... I knew one of them was Corona and the other one was Diaz. Diaz was the one that scored.
0: Yeah, no Corona. <sighs>
1: well, uh, had a good <laughs> game.
0: You had a re- But this is what we're talking about with um with Coleman earlier, where he said um players can do great things throughout a game, but in those sort of clutch moments, the lack of composure. Yeah. And that's what's taken Kingsley Coleman to another level of performance, and that's what players like uh, Corona need to to get to. In other players as well. That it's he's not the only one. Yeah, because he had a like I say a, a good performance throughout the course of that first half. It's just in those moments as an asset we are looking for more. A crazy penalty. It could have went either way. I do think Gundawans fouled the keeper. Although I do think Gundawans half fouled it or not really fouled but pushed into the keeper. Yeah. And the the posts hit and then a really contentious decision to award the penalty. And I'm of the mind that it's not a clear and obvious error, so VAR shouldn't have done anything about it. I think it's clumsy by Pepe. He's given the referee a decision to make. It's reckless by him. But Raheem Sterling was never going to get onto his own ball. However, has Raheem Sterling had to make that decision because of the velocity in which Pepe has attacked him? which means, you know, he was, always, he was always going to give the foul. So whether you're happy with it or not, it doesn't matter. Mm. It's a subjective decision. The referee decided that it was a penalty, and I'm fine with it. Did you see what
1: Pepe has actually come out and said like, after the game? He basically blamed uh, like VAR for the reason they lost. Odd. Yeah, he blamed VAR for the reason they lost, I and mean, with the technology in the game, we should have had more help.
0: Crazy. Uh <laughs> don't run into players, maybe. Exactly. But he was lucky he didn't get sent off. That's Pepe's Sterling, just... Shouting in his face, moving his like his boot around his head. Like you are That's a Pepe. boy, Pepe. You're an absolute scumbag. And very entertaining to watch, might I add.
1: Yeah, it's always fun to watch him play.
0: <laughs> uh that being said, Aguero. Teasing us with a penalty miss, Nelly. Um, uh, but he did. You score them or oh, you don't, don't you, really? So I think that'll do his confidence a world of good after coming back from from an injury for such a long time. A 10 million as well. Such yeah. a bargain for this game. He's going to play as well while Jesus is injured. And then from their second half, it was all Man City, in my opinion. It could have been more. Gundogan with a world-class free kick. I think... What it was was the keeper got caught off guard because it looks like Maris is going to take it. Gundawan's one step and hit it, so not right in the top corner or anything. I think the keeper could have done better if he'd anticipate Gundawan taking it. I'm really frustrated as well because Gundawan was probably man of the match, in my opinion. I don't know who got man of the match, but from watching the game, I thought he was the man of the match. Mm-hmm. In our preview show, we said stay away from Man City players <laughs> not because they're not going to score. But because you don't know who's going oh, to play, the one who's exactly the man and he loves playing in the Champions League, he pops up with a goal and I don't have him in my team. So I'm a bit annoyed with myself that I didn't take my own advice, really. Yeah, they could have had more the good goal by Torres, but then they were missing like a few sitters, to be honest, Man City. No surprise. Yeah, I thought Torres,
1: Torres showed composure for his goal. That the game went on about composure. He gets in the box and he literally drives into the box. And then he edge past the player and while falling down, he smashes the top corner.
0: Yeah. Uh, I thought the defender was really poor. Mm-hmm. At no point does does he ever really shimmy to go on his left to then bring on his right, like fool the defender. The defender, I see it all the time, really, where defenders decide not to show people onto the weak foot. And I don't entirely know why. But you just let some run inside. So I thought, in terms of getting into the position, it was really easy for him. The finish mm-hmm. is different. It was an excellent finish. And like I say, uh, Rodri hit the post. I keep I saved it onto the post from about fifty yards out. And there were a couple of another chances as well for City. Uh, Mares, missed a one-on-one. Yeah. So it was one of those where Porto could have been two or three nil up and end up could have lost five-one. We'll move on to Olympiakos Marseille. Nothing much to say about this game other than well done Valbuena back against his old team. I just want to mention three players. Uh, Semedo, who was a £5 million defender, got nine points because he kept a clean sheet and got ten ball recoveries. Holabas, who were mentioned in the preview show, 4500000 Uh million, ex-Watford player, can get an attacking threat, but he got a clean sheet and nine ball recovery. So that's nine points overall. And congratulations if you went with Sar in goal, Olympiakos, absolute budget goalkeeper, six points for his clean sheet. So congratulations if you went with him as an enabler. Again, if you're looking a wild card and you need enablers and it's not limitless, we're trying to name a few, few players, but we will go through in our preview show specific games but just I wanted to bring those in one thing as well just really quickly jumping back for the portal game Luis Diaz who scored got subbed mm. before 60 minutes which is a concern Uh, but I wouldn't be going anywhere near Marseille players like I said we didn't watch the game I've seen no. brief highlights Olympiacos looked like they were well in control looking at the stats they were well in control Marseille are going to struggle in this group so group D Oh my goodness, what a group. So, we've got Ajax nil, Liverpool 1, Michelin nil, Atalanta 4. So, did you watch either of these games, Nathan?
1: I watched a bit of the Liverpool game, but I got got quite bored of it.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you. When the two games were on in the bar, my attention was definitely focused on the Man City game.
1: It just seems like Liverpool, obviously they had to change their style because Van Dyke wasn't there. Ajax took the game to Liverpool. Um... I mean, it was a crazy own goal. But Ajax, in my opinion, were the better team and probably should have won, or at least got something out of that.
0: Yeah, Tagliafico, our 18-point hero from Game Week 1 last season. Uh, R.I.P. (laughs) But absolutely killing yourself in that game. So that means don't have Angelino for Game Week 1 next year. Liverpool was a scrappy game, wasn't it? Klopp said the pitch was a bit tough. Looking at the highlights as well because I didn't, I wasn't paying it any attention to the pitch while watching. Klopp's
1: it. got Klopp's got an excuse for everything when his team don't play well, whether it's the wind or the rain.
0: I'm not entirely sure. It, the The pitch must have been dry because I'm looking at that pitch going. Can you remember pitches 15 years ago? Yeah. Like, it looked like a carpet. I appreciate if they haven't wet wet it properly, so it's not the ball's not skidding. It might be a little bit harder to run on. Talking marginal here, so I wasn't entirely sure about those comments. But great teams win games that they maybe don't deserve to. I don't think they particularly deserve to lose the game. I thought a draw could have been fair. Fabinho with an amazing goal like clearance from Tadic. Yeah. Quincy Promes missing an absolute sitter, even though I think he would have been ruled out for offside with VAR there. But he looked lively. However, Ajax obviously disrupted by the injury to Kudus, which is something to look at as well. Promes is... Just too expensive, I think, at 8 million for someone that isn't guaranteed. I don't know how,
1: yeah. For an Ajax player, I like it that much. Like, I wouldn't go near him.
0: Yeah, Tadic at nine and a half. I just think they've been priced out in the Ajax players when they've not had a great start of the season and they're in a tough group. I just think the game hasn't done them any favors there. Uh, Liverpool subbing out the big three on 59 60 minutes is a concern for next week. Mm -hmm. If they're playing Mitchelland. what's going to happen there? You're basically banking on them hitting big in the first half against those, which they're more than capable of doing. But it's a shame that they might miss out on two points if they're not getting to 63 minutes, I think it is in this game, because of a clean sheet and obviously the second appearance point. And then if you're going to captain Mani or Salah, four points that you might just the Wrong away. I think
1: Klopp just wanted to try and shut up shop because of the fact I had to press them so much. I just thought, let's get the front free off, stop any injuries, probably because of the pitch, you know.
0: Yeah, Manny had a dead leg, didn't he? So that was what the ice pack was about was a dead leg, and he's absolutely fine, apparently. But I'm, just give him a rest. <laughs> yeah, I'm have a rest. Calm down, Jurgen. But the, I think that obviously the outstanding game was. Oh, actually, sorry, because we really want to jump into Liverpool defensive assets. Joe Gomez, five and a half million, 11 points for his clean sheet and 16 ball recoveries. I don't know where that came from. Well done, mate. So I I think Joe Gomez looked very solid as well. I think when they're not playing that ridiculous high line, it really does suit them. They can still press from the front and they can just... Drop back to a sensible level defensively. It's not like they were camped inside their own box or anything. Trent and Robbo got eight points as well for their clean sheet and some ball recovery points, but at a million extra. I don't trust Trent. Trent hasn't had a good start the season. Um,
1: no, I don't trust them. I've I've actually got no Liverpool players in my squad like in my team. Yeah, I just they've had a bad start to the season. It's not the Liverpool of last season, really. When you look at it,
0: yeah, uh, I think obviously Salah is Salah. I don't think has had a bad start, but the yeah. other players, I think some have been questionable. I agree. I think is the one to go for out of those two, though, if you were going to go Liverpool defence. Uh, will we'll jump into Mitchelland nil, mm. Atalanta four. I think the only noteworthy thing from Mitchelland was the glaring miss in the first half where the balls hit the wrong side of his head. Bless him. He's up all night, isn't he? Yeah, lying and
1: badly. I should have flicked it that
0: no way. Yeah, he's like he's just nodding his head in bed, isn't he? Aye, uh, completely. I do feel for the lad. not too much, having had a bow <laughs> in my defense. I'm glad he missed, but it was just a shame. But I think that was the only remarkable thing for them from that game. Stay away from them. No surprises. I thought Atlanta did really well considering the conditions. It was lashing it down. Yeah. It was the clouds were raining and the goals were raining in, especially in that first half. Zapata looked incredibly lively. He got a goal, two assists. One of the assists was from a shot, though, that rebounded out for Muriel to tap in. Nine and a half million and 13 points, and he got three ball recovery points. So that's what I like about Atalanta. They didn't disrespect Michelin at all. They played a strong team, and they pressed them high. They they treated them with respect, and they got the result they deserve in 4-0. We also usually say don't pick the centre-backs. Romero got an assist, 4.5 million centre-back. Oh, well, 12 points for his clean sheet as well, and 14 ball recovery points. So yeah. Romero, 4.5 million, Atalanta, clean sheet, assist, 14 ball recovery points. What I will say is I wouldn't expect a clean sheet against Ajax and Liverpool. Yeah, true. That's why we've got Hattaboa, and that's why we've got Gossens, because they can get attacking returns. And that's what we're relying on against them. <laughs> that is what we're relying on. Alejandro Gomez at eight and a half. He got a goal from outside the box. A little disappointed that's all he got. I thought you might have got one of the assists as well. But he just keeps everything ticking along. He's such an important player for them. Pasalic, who you had. I, yeah. How are you feeling? I should have.
1: Obviously, I should have put Deketa in, uh, but I didn't expect the rotation that he did. I didn't expect Parcelic. I expected either Ilicic or Parcelic to play. I didn't expect both of
0: them. I thought that Ilisic wouldn't play just because he only got 20 minutes at the weekend. He came on, That's... got an assist. Or uh, yeah. Moranchuk, brother of the other Moranchuk, I think. We're guessing this, by the way. Totally yeah, guess. But even if he's not, now he is. So with that being said, Parcelic was a player that I, I had in my very first draft because when he plays... He's absolutely quality, but I'm never confident that he's going to start. And I don't want a seven and a half million player that's in for one game, out for one, in for one, out for one. Yeah. And ironically enough, the goal that Moranchuk scored was very reminiscent of a Pasalic finish, outside of the left. Beautiful, so much curl on it, straight into that top corner. It, no, keep. I was saving it. It was. Such an underrated goal, absolutely brilliant. And the only other mention is Sport Yellow. Uh, I'll never get this name right. Sport Yellow, four and a half million euros. Got you seven points for three saves and a clean sheet. Yep. Atalanta, no surprises other than the fact that they kept a clean sheet. But against Mitchell, maybe it was expected. Next group's going to be real quick. Group A, e, I have one word in my notes boring.
1: Yeah, I was going to I was gonna
0: agree with that word. I was hoping you were going to say boring. I'm a big fan of tactical nil-nils. I don't mind them at all. People were bored by the Leipzig. Sorry, not the Leipzig. The Atalanta PSG first half, including the commentators last year. I thought it was great. I thought it was terrific. I'm not someone that sees a nil-nil and goes, that's a bad game. But this, I tried watching some of the Sevilla-Chelsea game uh, on another device and I just, stopped it my in the other game for Krasnodar the only token point was an absolute worldie from Christian Ramirez yeah turning inside out run, it was a FIFA goal really do you know when a player runs forward slows down and just sort of runs in a circle around you because you can't foul them due to your EA server lag because if you hold that's circle,
1: that, that's normally what our score goal that's how I normally how our score goals to be fair in FIFA so
0: you just did that, didn't you? Just turn in and circles. Yeah, got on to his left. And <laughs> what a finish. Just smashed it. Beautiful goal. Take a bow. Ren looked alright. Yep. Garassi. Uh good finish from the penalty. Nothing to talk about. I don't want to waste time. My advice for the next couple of games bring in severe defense and bring in a Chelsea attack.
1: Yep, bring in a bring in a Timo Werner or you know, something like
0: that have fun with it. Habits actually gets ball recovery points in this game. Uh, the habits. He might be, really he might be the shout. Pulisic might be if he's going to play. The problem is with Chelsea rotation. You don't have to yep. put up with it. Sevilla, go there defence. I've doubled up on it. I've got the keeper and Kunde. it's centre-back, even with Corona, four million. He can sit good. there until he plays. Thank you very much. Group F... Fantastic group, absolutely fantastic group. Lazio with a 3-1 win over Dortmund. Big big Zenit. surprise, that, to be fair. Zenit with a shock, 2-1 defeat to Bruges, although I had 2-1 on my predictor. Happy days. So let's talk about Lazio Dortmund first, lead, lead the way. Did you watch either of these games? I watched more
1: of the Lazio game than I did the other one.
0: I watched all of the Zenit Bruges game personally, so I feel comfortable talking about this one.
1: I think, I think it was more like is back against his former club, the new strikers in town, which was obviously Haaland. And it's like, who's going to get the headlines in this game? And it, it was easy to see Immobile. Like, he, he was back fit, obviously. I think Aaron pointed out in a, in a preview, will it fit Immobile, make a difference?
0: Yes, he did. And he actually did make a difference. Such a shock result. Fair play I Aaron, he did say Lazio got the capabilities to do whatever they want. It's just whether they want to turn up. And mm-hmm. they really did. Immobile, still a bit much at 10.5 million. Because so I'm not I'm not convinced that they'll still go and beat either two teams in this group or anything. It's just such an open group. And I think Lazio winning this game is so good for the group because it's just wide open now. And this is the group in match day five and six when other teams will be resting players that I the think we'll be able Ball to strength. plow into, knowing that the the strongest players are all going to start. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Zenit are in trouble, but we'll t- we'll continue to talk about the Latio Dortmund game first. Yeah, a Mobley goal assist, stealing on the show. Haaland, really close to an assist, but yeah. unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, for Aaron Munier missing a sitter. but he can't finish. He doesn't have an attack and return this season, so it's not really surprising. And he was on the stretch, yeah, but you're expecting to score. Hakimi last year in that position it'd be on the money.
1: It would have been, it would, yeah, it would have been a different story if that was Hakimi there. I thought Haaland, he was, he was quiet, but then he just has that, he just has that moment, like we said before. He doesn't tap a ball into the net.
0: Yeah, he's It me, has to
1: take the net out.
0: <laughs> for me, he's the most satisfying finisher that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Because whether he places the ball, whether it's curl, whether it's a a ping, it's always with so much venom and power. It's a little bit like every shot he takes is a Harry Kane penalty. Yeah. He just doesn't allow the keeper a chance, and it's so satisfying to watch. Genuinely, in my lifetime, I don't think I've seen a, a player in like in the box scoring goals that gives me as much satisfaction as that. Like there are obviously other players that have scored more, that have maybe got different kinds of finishes, but he just hits the ball so hard and plays just doesn't, so well.
1: That's how he gets so many goals, though, because he's not giving the keeper a chance.
0: I think a lot of youngsters should be looking to him. Mm-hmm. To ha- that's how you finish, and that's how you've got to do it. You've got to learn to, to hit the ball like Alan somehow. Yeah. Uh, I think obviously his confidence comes into it. He looks like an incredibly confident young man, bordering yeah, on does. arrogant. But I like that. It's not uh, Dejan Lovren arrogance. It's it's just supreme confidence, and I really like that about him. That's something that you can't teach. Unfortunately, that's something yeah you've got or you develop your own, and it's something that you can lose. With uh, with Latio Akka, sorry, Akpa Akpro. Coming off the bench, five and a half million, getting a goal. Korea gutted for Aaron, saying that you won't do much. You can't assist. I'm throwing Aaron under the bus because I also looked at it and went, career, Cameron, what are you talking about? Got an assist, but
1: yeah, when Cameron said career, I just st- I just stayed quiet because I thought <laughs> I'll say something, it'll combat the us. And then Aaron just came out with, Yeah, you'll do nothing.
0: Yeah, an assist. But an assist in this game isn't that much when you get ball recovery points as well. Yeah, it, it evens itself out. Reina, were predicted would be on the bench. It's why I took him out of my team. He did come out and get an assist, but obviously four points again in this game just picks him who's going to start and might get ball recovery points.
1: So that's why it, that's why at first I did I did consider Drew Bellingham, but six and a half. I think it's like six and a half mil. I couldn't justify paying six and a half mil for
0: a, for a sixteen, seventeen year old. I could Yeah, I agree. He didn't really do much in the game. No. Moving on to Zenit, Bruges. So Brilliant. Zenit controlled the game 20, 25 minutes. Bruges really struggled and I was regretting my choices. <laughs> uh, that being said, they didn't create any clear-cut chances. It was, just, it was just control and it was one of those where you're thinking Zenit are going to wear them down. But Bruges played really well in a sense that Zenit were allowed 20,000 fans in the stadium. And they just frustrated, Zenit. Then as the second Ooh. half went on, the game got a little bit more even, still Zenit dominant, but the chances came to Bruges. Vanaken missed a great header. Not that it was a great chance, but he absolutely bulleted a header that the keepers made a fantastic save. And it was, you know, from about 16 yards out or something like that, wasn't an easy one. And he's run from deep. And it was Vorma that whipped the ball in. Fantastic ball. And there were a couple of other little chances here and there. Some people enjoyed the first half. I personally didn't. But the second half was lively. It was absolutely brilliant. Bruges came out, a changed team, on the front foot. Zenit, I think, was stuck in their sort of third gear from the first half, maybe dropping into second as that half had went on. And Bruges came out in fourth. Really started pressing high started to control the tempo of the game they were getting chances and then de Kettleaire our four and a half million hero misses two really really good chances until Dennis or Bonaventure on the game decides to then tuck it away he has it he has two bites of the cherry and he should just go I'm not sure why the game didn't give an assist to de Kettleaire but it didn't and I was a little bit fuming, but at the same time, it a, was a good thing because the game just immediately became stretched. Zenit mm. went up the other end, missed a sitter. Lads put it straight over the bar, and it should be 1-1. Bruges go up the other end, force a good save from the keeper. Zenit go back down, uh, drive in with Lovren, hits the ball, unlucky to hit the post. Keeper even more unlucky for it to come back, hit him in the back and bounce in. Cannot really legislate for that, it was not the keeper's fault at all. And then it was just end to end, and it was just chaos. Zenith, their defender Nelly, scored a bizarre own goal where he stood on the ball, passes it back to the keeper, like a Harry Kane penalty, right off the Lost post. <laughs> and I'm just like, What are you doing? Yeah, deal with that, crazy. I'd say it was a case of for every one chance it created, Bruce did create two. As far as the players go, uh, Diata played very much as a right-sided midfielder, tracked back. It wasn't forward so much. De Ketela apparently was a left winger, but he was everywhere. He was up front, calm, left wing. He had a fantastic game, held the ball up well, put himself about really exciting, needs to finish better.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: His goal was a tap-in, but we'll talk about that in a second. And Bonaventure didn't really do much. I'll be honest, he foxed in the box, got his poacher's goal. But other than that, wasn't overly impressive. Vanekin and Vorma in midfield completely bossed that second half. And in the first half, when they struggled, they were the two players that showed real quality. So, Diada's out of my thoughts. I'm happy with Vorma and Duketaler. And I think Dieter, eh, sorry, I think Vanikin, Vannikin Skywalker, he's the one <laughs> that if you've got the budget, you could go up to. But I'd honestly be happy with just Duketaler. Yeah. You know, he comes in with his goal at the end, and there's absolute scenes everywhere. I'm jumping around. Can it quite believe it <laughs> that that punch came off? We've made a pot like our podcast made it because of that one thing. And if we win anything on this, the shirt that I'll be getting is a brew shirt with De Ketelaer on the back, undoubtedly. So, so happy. You only got eight points, but as a four and a half million midfielder that I'd never heard, good return. so happy with him. So, yeah, really good with that. Zuba did nothing. Stay clear of him. Barrios for Zenit got his five points, 10 yeah. ball recoveries, so he needed two more for another point. Looked all right, but I think if there are other players at that price point in midfield or around there, that I'd look to ahead of Barrios and I'd keep it to Ketteler personally. Barrios, very lucky not to get carded. The referee was very favourable to Zenit in mm. that game. I think if the game was held away, I think if it was held in Bruges, you'd see more Zenit yellow cards and probably less Bruges yellow cards. I thought the referee was incredibly biased. Without going overboard, it was just it was just one of those. Yeah. Group, group G: Barcelona five, Frank Varos one, Dynamo nil, Uv two. Did you catch any of these?
1: I caught bits of it, not a lot. Uh, all I could really say is the results that we expected came off.
0: Yeah, I saw the Barca game. I watched it all, and I didn't watch the Dynamo UV game. Um, For that one, I've just made a couple of notes. But will warn you about Chiellini. He spent all the last year injured. He got injured after 18 minutes. Banucci, no doubt, was the outstanding defensive choice. Nine points at five and a half million, nine ball recoveries and a clean sheet. So he didn't even get an attack in return, and he still came out with that. I think number one in the world has Murata. Well done to you, my friend. Nine million euros, ten points, two goals—fantastic from him. Not too sure how he'll perform against Barca, but you can expect him to do well against Frank Varos. If you're looking for one of those mid-price forwards, Murata feels at home at Juventus, and he did the last time he played for Juventus.
1: Yeah, he, he gets the love there. So yeah. I think it's like him and it'll be him and Ronaldo up
0: top. Yeah, I don't disagree. Dybala coming off the bench, obviously Perlo doesn't fancy him. Ramsey and Chiesa look like their most threatening players. So not too many surprises from that game. Not, I'm still not really overly interested in any of their players. Like I say, no. Juventus, Bonucci and Maratta look like probably the, the two players that got the points do look like the players that you would choose. And obviously Ronaldo, but he's just got COVID again. Um He's
1: got one more test in the next 24 hours. If he doesn't pass that test, he can't play against
0: Barcelona. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for the update. So that's, by the time this podcast's out, we should know the results of that, I imagine. And then the other game, Barca 5, Ferencvaros 1. The scoreline flat at Barcelona. Yep. Yeah. In the first 20-25 minutes, Ferencvaros played extremely well, played on the counter, were, were lively, threatening, got in behind, cut in... Through Barcelona's defense, they had a goal marginally disallowed for offside, but the really promising thing was that the finish was exceptional. Yeah, and then the goal and hit the post. Messi, I thought in the first half, was a little quiet at first, but he dragged Barcelona into that game. He dribbled past players like they weren't there. He won the penalty, which got him his two points. Scored the penalty. And then from then, he was trying his best to feed those other players, to get them a goal. And they just couldn't finish their dinner. Mm-hmm. Fatty had a shot. It was a good good shot, but comfortably saved by the keeper in the end. Uh, Trinkau missed a really good chance. He looks like a good player, but again, youth composure. We've talked about it. That's why I don't see him as too much of an asset. The thing that changed the game after 2 0 was PK getting sent off. So, a good thing about this is that a came on, he's four million. So, you're welcome, everyone. Barcelona will have a four million starting defender. Fill your boots. Fatty's goal was lucky, yeah. <laughs> it was well, it was well, it was
1: like he had the right intention, but if he'd hit it, it was going at the keeper and it just kind of bounced off his shin. So it took it a bit right at the keeper and the keeper had no chance really.
0: Yeah, if he hits that perfectly, the keeper's saving it probably. Yeah. You hear it all the time, don't you? Off, oh, if he miss yeah. it, well, he miss hit it and it went in. You've got a great pass though. You had all the time in the world, De Jong, to play that ball, but you still had... Yeah, it was a lovely pass. It great. And from then, it was just quite lethargic from Barcelona, passing the ball around... Messi were little turns of pace. in, you know, we know how it ended. Obviously, Dembele looked sharp, coming on, got a goal and assist. Yeah. Pedri's come on, got his goal. His first goal. Really assured finish. Yeah. I see him on the sport for Barcelona again. Hopefully he gets less grief at his second spell there after his loan move to Bayern. But nothing surprising from that game. Messi, 11 points. Fatty 11 points those were the two players that we highlighted before the game and those were the two highest scoring players in the game I didn't think it was rocket science last group Nathan Manelli there yep we've got the man the myth the legend Angelino (laughs) unbelievable we've got Leipzig 2-0 against Istanbul and we've got PSG losing 2-1 to Man United let's jump into Angelino what a hero (laughs) I'm good I didn't put him in. Two goals, a clean sheet. And to be fair, he was only one ball recovery away from getting two ball recovery points. So you could have been on a 20-pointer. Insanity. Better than, done better than the Tagliafico. So I didn't watch any of this game. I'm not going to lie. I can't comment on it too much. Other than what we can see in front of us is Angelino take a bow. Mookie on the other side got nine points. He's five million. He got ten ball recoveries. Yeah, I think they really missed Sabitza going forward. However, yeah. they also subbed off all of their players by 70 minutes, really going forward. Forsberg was off at half time. Almo came off. They just, I think uh, the two people that got assists both came off. So they got a 2 0 and thought, yeah, we'll have this for the weekend. No yeah, job- that's what
1: I thought. Just like, right, done. Right. Let's take them off, rest, and get ready for the weekend. Because I think they're actually doing quite well in yeah. Bundesliga at the moment.
0: I don't see them doing that against Man United, so it's, I don't no. think it's a concern if you've got Forsberg or, or Almo. You've mm. only got 45 minutes worth of data from them because they played the whipping boys of the group. And that is a scary thing that I'm thinking here, is we target the whipping boys, but it seems that because of the intense calendar in all these fixtures coming so quickly for everyone, with between the league domestic trophies and then this, because these games are coming around way quicker than the like last year's schedule and the normal schedule. Again,
1: normally it would be one group play, like certain groups play one week and then the next group play the next week, and there's always a little break.
0: Yeah, it's you've you're gonna have some issues with rotation. Yeah. But so I think players like gundawan who aren't gonna play in the league and are gonna play here are really good picks and that's that might have to be a thought mm-hmm. for people that are wild carding. Lastly, PSG one, Man United two, Axel Twanzabi, what a hero. Brilliant defensive show,
1: definitely got his stuff start, a place.
0: I think he's a great defender and it's not because of this game. I went mm-hmm. to see the um the Newcastle Man United game last year at St James's Park and he was by far their best defender. Nil nil and then Oli, for whatever reason, uh, if I remember correctly, brought off Dallo from right back and then put Twan Zabi in at right back to put Marcus Rojo in. yet yeah, to put Marcus Rojo in. And then he made another change where Ashley Young came off, Rojo went to the left back, and it was all over the shop. And that's when they conceded. But up until that point, between Maguire and Twanzebi, who are both playing in that game, Twanzebi looks like another level of player. And I know it was Newcastle,
1: but... But he showed it, it again last night, that, though, against... you showed it again the other night against PSG, which is a different level again.
0: And he did it against Liverpool, and it's, it's something yeah. that Oli kept on doing last year. He played against Liverpool, and he was so good. And then he had to put a left-back, and Liverpool score, and it's his fault. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, okay, just don't put him at full-back because he
1: can't play there. They play him his natural position where he does well. I mean, he kept he kept him back quiet.
0: I, I think he's fantastic. I'm so excited to see him break through. And I think incredibly lucky to have him, Man United. And he should definitely be in that first-choice pairing as centre-back. Rashford, no man on the planet, deserves it more than Marcus Rashford for what he's trying to do at the moment. Yeah. We mentioned it before in terms of, you know, learning a sign to give out a deaf award for children. No, he's feeding Uh, kids and scoring goals. Feeding kids and scoring goals. Uh, Just absolutely quality. Providing dinners, finishing his own dinner. That's what I love to see, Marcus. And obviously, in a world where Kylian Mbappe is two hundred million euros and touted as the best player in the world, in it's only one game, and Mbappe is obviously one of the best players in the world, but I just, I just love to see it. I love to see a little bit of moral justice in the world.
1: Bit of English talent showing show through.
0: Not that Mbappe is a bad guy at all. Looks like a really nice bloke, but just to see Marcus do that in that game. Was really nice to see. Fernandez, lucky with these, that gets two bites of a cherry for the pen after, because that would have been two pens missed consecutively. Obviously, some encroachment from the keeper. Yeah. The right decision. A bit harsh. Marcus, uh, Marcus, sorry. Anthony Martial is going through a bit of a torrid time at the minute. Oh, I. comes back, gets an own goal. <laughs> uh, he's not having fun. I, I think PSG without Verratti on really worth your time. Maybe against yeah. Istanbul next week because of the class of opposition, they're playing Raphael in centre midfield. I'm sure that can handle that. But other than that, they'll look like the struggle without uh, Verratti because he's the one that can beat the press. He picks the ball up from deep, dictates the tempo. He's got an amazing range of passing that gets the ball from A to B. Neymar.
1: He's just a and diva in my opinion. He's a great player on his day but if the game's not in his way, He's like a divo. Just sits there and goes. Oh well, I want this now. I'm coming nothing off.
0: away while Rashford was scoring. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Didn't want to defend. Fine, if you do something at the other end. But when you've done, it's one of those things where I can handle a player that does nothing and then gets a couple mm. of goals, whatever. But when it's not going your way, putting a shift you the way, yeah.
1: Exactly. It's like we said the exact same about Messi in that Bayern Munich game last Champions League. He'd done nothing really all game and just moped about. And Neymar's done the exact same there. Yeah, it was a different scoreline, but Neymar done nothing all game and moped
0: about like a child. So just to finish up with Man United, Twanzebi is 4 million if he keeps his place. Wow. Especially when they've got double Istanbul for game weeks three and four, everyone. And uh, Fred, 5.5 million midfielder, got five points for 11 ball recoveries. Not going to do much else, but if, you, if you're a Man United fan and you want a cheap player, there you go. There
1: you go, because no one else will pick them.
0: <laughs>
1: right, Nathan. I'm sorry, Man United fans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think anyone else will pick them. Good player though. Uh yeah. I I I think that's the way Man United should be playing. Hitting teams in the counter, having Fred in there as a defensive player, he can transition really well. I don't yeah. think he's a fantasy asset, especially not an FPL or anything like that. But obviously, in this, if he's getting ball recovery points for his price. Not the worst. I think there are better options, but some people do like to go with the, the people that they support. So really quickly, let's go through the goals of the week. So we had Modric's goal against uh, Shakhtar, Taliso's goal against Atletico, Ramirez's goal for Krasnodar against Ren, Gomez's goal against Michelin. And I'll just put in an honourable mention of Moranchuk's goal against Mitterland, but it is one of the other four. Who are you going for for that one?
1: I went with Ramirez's goal. I think it was more because it was just because it was for Krasnodar. Like, in the style of goal it was, I think it deserved it.
0: Yeah, I I don't disagree with you there. Well, I do disagree with you there. That's a very Mike Lone thing to say. I do disagree (laughs) with you entirely because I went with Modric. However, I don't disagree with your thought process. Mm -hmm. I think... It's the only time a Krasnodar player is you to get on list like this, so it'd be nice if he could win it. And it it's not just a pity peel. It was a wonderful, wonderful goal. But modrics has, if it was anyone else, I'd pick it like Modric has just picked the ball up, mugged off two players and smashed one in from 25 yards, if not further, off the, off the inside of the post.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, he'd be pleased to know, looking at the app now, Modric has actually won. Has he? Yeah.
0: Oh, well, there you go. I haven't seen it. Quality. Uh, and the player of the week, we had Kingsley Coman, Alvaro Morata, Angelino Otete. Which one would you have went for for that?
1: I went with Coman.
0: I uh, did as well. As much as Angelino is obviously the pick for fantasy, for me, Kingsley Coleman is the one. He, to break down that defence, his touch, his goals, his assists. It was such an assured world-class performance from such a young man. And again, he has
1: actually won as well.
0: Has he? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> sense from the gaming hub. I appreciate it's So oh, yeah. sense from the people. But yeah, Anthony obviously the pick for fantasy. But yeah, Coleman in reality playing against a, like p- a past finalist opposition to mm-hmm. do that is far more impressive. So the last section of our podcast is the four more section. <laughs> so knee jerk reactions. Now, when I say knee-jerk reactions, it's because in my mind, what I was going to say was if you were to have an itchy finger and press transfer, who would you transfer in right now if you are just going to make that knee-jerk reaction? Who do you have the fear of missing out on? Obviously, we aren't going to make any transfers until Tuesday. The reason we aren't going to make any transfers until Tuesday is because Half the game's got coronavirus, so we don't know what's going to happen. There is a weekend worth of fixtures, so they might get injured. So don't do anything until Tuesday. Nathan, have you pressed your transfer button? I don't want to uh, comment on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best way of putting it, after you've just completely rinsed it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: fantastic so come on Nathan what two transfers have you made well I went with Angelino you know just hoping I know it's against (laughs) Man United I know it's
1: against I know it's against Man United but
0: less likely for a clean sheet or an attack in return
1: um, so I've now got the choice out of whether I put Upamecano or Angelino in the defence and with the rotation concerns that were mentioned with Atalanta I've lost pass large and I've put in Coleman.
0: So I don't disagree with that at all. I disagree mm-hmm. with the timing of it, but I don't disagree yep. with the action of that. Going double Leipzig defense. And they've Man United and then PSG twice. Uh we'll see how it works out for you.
1: Well I mean not both of them are starting at the moment. Uh like Uwe McConnell's on the bench and I could I can like change it up and say what I want to do. Because on my app, it's saying Kimmich is doubtful at the moment as well.
0: I think that was just from the previous game, but it might be because they're playing away and obviously we've got the baby drama. Yeah. So we'll have to see with that one. Um, For me, if I was to make a instinctive gut reaction right now, so I had a plan. My plan was to go from Messi to Mbappe. I don't see any reason why that should change. I know he didn't score against Manu, but He's playing against Istanbul. And it was to go from Fatty, and I've got the money to go up to Mane. Mm-hmm. If I was to gut react now, I'd be making two midfield changes, actually. And it would be bringing Tete in for five million for Shakhtar against Inter, who can't defend either. Um so why not? I've got Munching Glad back twice in a row. Yeah, and the other one is absolutely Kingsley Cole, man. Eight mil. Um, yeah, eight million for a player like that. He's gonna get your point return. Eight million for him, five million for Tete. and then I can keep. I could keep Fatty and Messi. Mm. I don't know what I'm gonna do yet. I really don't, because I'm not taking a points hit, and I just don't know. I think it, in my mind it. Fa- I don't know what to do, I, Nathan. I've got no I think idea, you but keep that.
1: Keep Messi because consistent, you know, and you know he is. Like, especially against that Juventus defense, I think Messi could have, have a bit of fun with that.
0: The issue I've got is I really want Mbappe for Istanbul. Yeah, fair
1: does. I don't know uh,
0: that's a... that's what I really really want. And mm-hmm. then I've got I've got no problem taking out Fatty. I I think he's a little too wasteful against an Italian team that he's going to come. Yeah. With. Uh and then we've got and obviously Messi's on pen, so that helps. And Tetty, I just really want him. And he's probably the least of my worries, but he's gonna be a differential in a five million. Mm-hmm. That's my um that they're my naive jerk reactions if I was to completely abandon my plan. But there's three there's three changes I want to make. I can only make two of them and I'm gonna to have to look at that and really decide. But the great thing is I don't have to decide till Tuesday because anything can happen at the weekend and that might Change my decision. And, and
1: knowing my luck, two of the players that I've put in will both get injured. Yeah.
0: The one thing I will say is Manny is coming out of my thoughts because I don't trust that you'll play an hour. Mm-hmm. Just don't trust it. But we'll see. We've got the weekend to go. And that is just done, Nathan. So thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it no twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you so much to everyone for listening. It's been a long one today. It's hard. Really hard when there are 16 games to go through, plus our teams and plus a bunch of other stuff to go through. Uh, it's not as long as yesterday's. So Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's very true. Put straight in a the digital bin. But we will be back with a preview show for the next round of fixtures, where hopefully Aaron will be able to join us on that one. And we're just going to go through the games in terms of who we're going to pick, what we think the score will be. It'll still take a while, but hopefully should be quite light. And it'll be a little bit more analytical, I think. So, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Take care, everyone, and enjoy FPL this weekend. We hope that you have a great, great time with that. Take care now. Bye.